Welcome to episode 88 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hello. It is Monday night, January 12th, 2015. And tonight we're going to talk about resolutions, our own resolutions, and some resolutions we want to see from our favorite comic book creators. But before we dive in to all that 2015 goodness, housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. A resolution that you should all have for this year. If you haven't gone to mixsauce.com, go there. Some of you just go to the Facebook page and you comment on there or follow us on Twitter or download the show. But go to the actual home base and check out some of the web comics, the reviews. You can find the podcast there as well. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to Facebook and have conversations with us. We've been having a lot of back and forth with some of our loyal fans this past week. So go there, engage in the conversation. We don't just put up things from the website, but we put up fun little tidbits on the Facebook page. Uh, Darcy turned me on to this uh, Spider-Man blow-up doll thing that we posted earlier today. It has a, um, looks like a Spider-Man penis on there. So you can go and check out some of that stuff on. Oh, is that where oh, the, the inflator th the inflator thing is? The oh my lord, that's a balloon, I think. Actually. Yeah, that's a balloon. And you have to blow Spider-Man to blow up this balloon, so it's that kind of stuff that we put on Did Facebook Did you put the page. angry woman at McDonald's? Shit! No, I didn't, I didn't. Mm. I blew we it! Know. We know. I blew it. Yeah, just like you're blowing Spider-Man's penis. I blew it like Spider-Penis, but don't worry folks, I'll put that up uh, sometime soon. <laughs> You can go to iTunes to subscribe to the show. You can go to Stitcher to stream it. Podomatic, you can stream as well as download. And for all the classic episodes, go to Libsyn.com. You can go to Mixsauce Podcast at Libsyn.com, Liberated Syndicate, to download the classic episodes that are no longer in the iTunes store. And tonight we're going to talk about resolutions. We're always trying to get better trying to improve on the people that we are. Are we? <laughs> I'm pretty happy with the status quo. <laughs> do, you, do you guys remember what our resolutions from last year were? I vaguely remember. I remember yours. Yours was you were going to dedicate yourself to doing more artwork. That's correct. And Paul, you were going to dedicate yourself to losing weight. Mm. And, I was, and I was gonna be less stubborn. So um, I don't know. Matt did draw some stuff, so I think he much, but bought probably more than 2013. So possibly this is the yeah. big year for me, though, man. Is it? Is it? Is that going to be a renewed let's, resolution? Let's, let's be honest here. No bullshit. No bullshit. I th I feel yeah. I feel it in you. I can see it in your eyes. You're gonna you're gonna produce some really good stuff this year. I intend to. I want to. You've already started too, right? I have started. Yeah. yeah. I I. Um, I like all that positivity, but what he started may be the only thing we see this year. It may be. I, well, that's what we like to call glass half empty. It's also what we like to call honesty. I'm not going to pump his tires. How about positive reinforcement for our good friend that we yeah. love so much and we, we want to pump his tires because we want him to do good. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bigger believer in 
fuck you, you're no good, you're worthless, to get him motivated to be like, fuck you, I am worth something, I'm gonna do this. Hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll have like, good motivator, bad motivator. I feel like, you can do it, Matt. I feel like Paul's my dad, and Ian is my mom. Oh. That's appropriate. <laughs> Mainly because of Ian's vagina. Loving, oh, nurturing, on. sweet. Right. Taskmaster over here. So yeah, uh, last year I said I was gonna do more artwork. I did a little, I, I will say this, I did um, a Fantastic Four drawing, or well, Invisible, Invisible Woman. Woman. Mm -hmm. And I was very happy with that. It was really good. Thank you. I, and so the, the goal this year will be do more uh, illustrations, like pinup styles, so that way we can have some nice things to- Jerk off to? Oh have at the, um, at the show, or at the Philly convention. I believe that'll be our first one. So, yeah, I want to have some prints. I don't want to just uh, sit there and draw a free sign like last year. Your free sign was the, the, the big marquee that brought everybody in. Hell of a free sign. It, I don't it was think better than my one. shitty one. Yours was kind of horrible. And you're a great artist. That was the really Thank you, baffling oh. thing is that it, with your superior talent and then you gave us such a, a, a lacking Is this, is this what this whole episode's gonna be? So this is the Golden Globes! Each other. It's the Golden Globes of Mixos podcasting. Don't get me started on the Golden Globes again. That's not what we're about here. We're about honesty on so the Mixos podcast. at the Mixos Golden Globes, <laughs> the category is the best artist. And, and the, the winner, winner is Ian and Sharpley. Oh, thank you, but I couldn't have done it without all of you right. guys. If we're doing this in classic Golden Globes template, then we're all winners because we're all avant-garde enough to stroke each other off in a big fucking circle jerk of how great each of us is. Uh, that's the Golden a... Globes is like McSauce giving out the McSauce Awards as voted on by the creators of McSauce. <laughs> Horseshit. That was bullshit. And the winner is the cat who never dies. Oh, upset! I haven't seen one of those in a while. No, you can say that because I don't think Tom Lynch listens to the <laughs> podcast. And best podcast is that old comic smell. <laughs> they do listen, but they also don't turn out as much product as we like. I'm 2015. Gonna, I'm gonna make a year of I'm gonna make. Looking at you, Jody. I'm making a resolution for that old comic smell. So they're going to have. <laughs> More, they're going to make at least one more podcast this year for me to listen to. That's fair. And I only say that, guys, because I love your show and I want to hear more. Now, Paul, is your 2015 New Year's resolution to be honest? Is that... You're pretty honest already. Have you been lying this uh, whole time? He's been sugarcoating, I feel. Ah, sugarless. Oh, I, no, I can't, I can't be honest. Straight out. That's for, that's for when the mic's turned off. Oh, okay. Because then... That's when I make fun of people's lisps and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we have any resolutions? Any, any comic per, any book? Personal any comic book related? Personal related? What we got? What we got today? Paul wants to share. I, I have some. For our loving product, the McSauce brand, if you will. I want... 400 likes on our Facebook page this year. We are currently at 201. 
Oh, we lost one! We used to be at 202! I know, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's your brutal honesty. This is not. <laughs> this is not the way I wanted to start the year. I know. It's just going to be a little more difficult Who now that we... was it? I can't tell, man. I don't know. Mm. I know. But, 400 likes. I'm going to call upon McSauce Nation to help me out with this. Because that's kind of how we got to 200 in the first place. Grassroots. Mm -hmm. We need the help of... The listeners. Yes, we do. So that's that's a goal for myself and, and all of you. All of you listening. My McSauce resolution is to wrangle all of us together to go to more conventions. Whether it's a couple of us, three of us, all four of us, whatever. More conventions this year. We already have four sure things on the docket. So unless something tragically falls through we will make good on that resolution matt and i want to have some pinups some prints at these at these conventions um i would uh i'm already working on one um and what are you working on or is that a big secret uh well i think i revealed that it is uh, star wars related um, I don't like it so far. I don't think I know anything about this. I, I do. He told us about I, it. I mentioned it on the show um, back in December. Go I back in the archives. I haven't worked on it. I haven't worked on it in a few weeks, like since before Christmas. But to in my defense, I did get pretty sick. So Although I did do some sketching while I was recovering. That's good. Um, just old-fashioned pencil and paper. Ian, you don't know about that anymore. It's a... It's an old medium we used to use in the olden days. I know all about that, actually. Oh. I have been doing... I've been on a new creative venture lately. I like to call it highlighter art. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I've been yeah, yeah, extremely yeah. bored at work, and I've been banging out little things at work. I, I drew um, a Taken poster... I have something for Martin Luther King Day upcoming. I of course did. you do. Uh, it's, it, it is my duty. Well, that is that is coming up. Here. You know what? I feel like it's also it my duty to put something you're together unofficially for black? Martin Luther King Jr. Day. How is it your duty? It's all of our duty to support blacks. It really is. That's not Martin Luther. That's What's Selma. It? It's the, the guy the, that It's him. the guy from... Yeah, but it's a movie about Martin Luther King. That. And I was, doing, I was doing a series of movie, movie themed yeah. highlighter. I got artwork. away from it. What are these pictures on here? Oh, that's for my hot chick hockey league <laughs> <laughs> Very <well>. fantasy team. <laughs> Very well done with the Nina Dobrev... Thanks. Birthday. Despite the fact that here. I misspelled her last name very like a well, dope. Very well done. Thank despite you. Despite that. <clears throat> so Matt, more artwork. Star Wars related. Uh, well, artwork. that's what we got so far. I have some other ideas, some things I do want to work on for the fans. Uh, things that I feel will be, uh, you know, kind of well received. Um, based on our experience at Pittsburgh Comic Con this past year. I think we got kind of a, a good gauge on what what the fans are interested in. There are certain characters yeah. that maybe we weren't giant fans of, but we're, the fans are. We're yeah. going to learn a lot this year because each convention brings its own demographic, its own weird niche areas of fan interest. Really? 
Like, yeah. what, what does uh, the Philly Con have versus the Pittsburgh? Con? Oh, we don't know yet. That's that's the big. You're sure it's that's different. the big question mark. It could be different. Yeah, it, it could be different because I feel like it's I, all the same. Steel City seems to be different from Steel City. That's Con. a different convention. Seems though. to be different that's from Pittsburgh Comic Con. Two, two totally and different. Baltimore things. is way different than Pittsburgh. I think so. I would imagine Philly is its own unique brand of. Okay, explain the difference between the Baltimore convention and the Pittsburgh Comic Con. It was bigger and nicer. Okay, but like demographic wise, it just had more nerds, right? Way more nerds. Um, I felt like the Baltimore Con was, I felt like it was more comic book centralized. Maybe it was because we had more actual creators around us than we did the first couple times in Pittsburgh. Maybe that was just my impression because we had we had some real artists. We had um, Neil Adams came up to our table and yelled at me. Yeah, I, I felt like Baltimore had a more discerning fan base. Like they were being a little more selective about what they were going to take their time on and maybe spend their money on or to spend their time on. That's maybe because stop of the Pittsburgh Comic Con. We were one of the top ten attractions there. Ah, uh, yes, we were because our shining personalities. I think that the biggest thing is that we're actually taking into consideration what the fans might want this year, whereas in terms in the, of in, in ter- yeah, in right. terms of just things that we'll produce for them, right. where you know we've typically done the buttons with characters that we like. Maybe we ignored some fan favorites that we wouldn't consider. Doctor Who is a property that we would never think of. Deadpool right. is somebody right. that we don't necessarily like, but the fans would probably enjoy that. Um, Adventure Time stuff, we like that, but that's not something that we would do um, in the past, would do an illustration of. Maybe this time, maybe we should do some Adventure Time stuff. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe some Turtle stuff. Maybe some Team Fortress. (laughs) (laughs) Still don't know what that is. But that's the thing, we're going to have to jump into... Doctor Who. All the stuff that, yeah, yeah, the stuff that we just... I've got the Doctor Who already planned out for... Uh Uh-oh. For our con trips. It's not going to be snarky. Uh-huh, okay. I know that's what's expected yeah, from this yeah. side of the table. The way that you said it, too. <laughs> Look, Don't I worry, it. I got it. He's got a dildo in his butthole. Oh, come on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's... Wait, I think the doctor? Uh, you know anyone. Either one. It doesn't fucking matter any of, the, any of those guys from that show. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we typically would make things that we like you know, Batman, Spider-Man big year, we're, big we're, media year from Exhaust, pushing the podcast so. we want 400 likes mm-hmm. hitting up some different cons spreading, you know getting a little more regional I'd like to go a little further west at some point I don't know if we're going to be able to do like a, a Cincinnati Columbus on the docket this year but um, you know, it's it's something that I'm looking into Sounds good. Now, are there any comic book resolutions that we would like to see? Any any things that you're personally doing with how you handle your comic books? The things that you're buying? Things that maybe you're not buying? I think I started that last year with really dropping stuff that I'm not getting any enjoyment out of. Um, if, if I get to the shop and I get, my, I get my pull list and I look at a book and I'm like, ugh. Just immediately get it out. Right. Don't think about it. Don't be sentimental about it. Don't say, oh, maybe I'll give him the rest of this arc. 
Uh uh-uh. uh. If you're not enjoying it, get out. That goes against your completionist motto. You want the whole series. Correct. Even um, if it yeah. stinks. I'm missing. Well, I was. Um, I posted my comic reviews from this last week on McSauce.com. And I realized that I've only missed three months of Green Lantern. When I first wrote it all up, I was like, yeah, I missed like six months. And then I went back and actually counted the issues. And I've only, I was only out for three months, but I think it was because it was Godhead and there were four other, three other Green Lantern titles involved in that Godhead crossover. It seemed like a lot more. Um, But yeah, it was only three months I was out and I picked up this last, my first Green Lantern issue in three months. But um, yeah, if, if, if I'm not into something, I'm out. I'm not playing around. I think I got a good start last year and I plan on continuing that this year. Yeah. I feel the same way. I need to, you know, people have resolutions to lose weight. I'm going to lose the weight of bad books in my life. Yeah, I feel like you've already done that. I feel yeah. like you're maxed out on that already. Like, yeah. You need a new resolution because you do that already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one, I'm the sentimental asshole that seems to linger on books for too long. Matt, you're probably doing it too just based on the fact that you don't read them. So there's probably a lot of bad stuff that you should be dropping that you don't know is bad yet. That's true, and I'm right there with you guys. That is my, that is my comic book resolution to buy less shit, um, significantly less shit. But as a matter of fact, what what I will say is this: I was even thinking about it today. I may drop mainstream comic books this year. That's, wow, bold that's, statement. That's an amputation right there. I, the the only mainstream I might get, I'm really interested in the new Star Wars titles that Marvel's going to be putting out. Other than that, I don't give a shit about anything from DC or Marvel right now. I really don't. Are you reading anything on a regular week monthly basis? Uh, I no, it, it's hit and miss like Spider-Man, Batman. Do you use your like the Marvel Do you have Marvel Unlimited? No, I don't. But not just not just like Marvel and DC, but are you reading Nailbiter monthly as it comes out? I'm behind, but I I was, yeah. I mean, I think what number 8 just came out, I probably Nine. I'm probably around six, seven. What's the book that you're getting the most enjoyment out of currently? Oh, you know what I do like? Mainstream. I really like Gotham Academy. I have to read that and give it back. <clears throat> Gotham Academy is very good. Um, Little Depressed Boy. Uh, Astro City, although that's DC, but that's Vertigo. Um, I, I'm just... Like but mainstream you're not caught up on that either. either. You just started reading the old stuff. Well, yeah, I went back and I revisited, and oh my god, is it good? But we can get into that later. But um, the just the mainstream superhero stuff, I just don't care. Like, I'm kind of interested to see what DC's gonna do with uh, Convergence, but I don't have like faith that it's gonna be the most. Like, it's going to fix everything and everything's going to be totally worth reading. It's just going to probably be more of the same. Some things are going to be a disaster. Some things are going to be fantastic. Some things are just going to be kind of, eh. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like, especially with Spider-Man, you know, I was reading, like, some kind of synopsis for Spider-Man recently. And they're talking about the um, Spider-Gwen 
The concept of that just makes my skin crawl. I hate it so much. Is as, as horror as nice of a job as I feel like they're kind of doing with the Spider Verse stuff. I just I hate it so much in terms of like why they felt like this was the way to go with Spider-Man. Well, is that the <clears throat> best they can come up with? I was going to... You were saying things that you were enjoying. <laughs> Ironically, the mainstream stuff that I've really been liking lately is the amazing Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse stuff. I'm about four issues deep into it, and it's really good. In the context of Spider-Verse, mm -hmm. I like... Spider Gwen, she's okay, but the fact that they're the marketing and the push, and this is your new favorite superhero, and all that stuff. If she's from a different universe, that's cool, that's fine. But to shine the spotlight on her and push her in the way that they are, that's kind of disgusting. I agree. And the bottom line is this look, if this is what Spider Man has been reduced to, if this is like the Spider Man that we grew up reading, if this is what it is. Fucking keep it. I don't care. Have you been reading any of the Spider-Verse stuff? It is kind of interesting A little bit. A little bit. Like, I haven't read it consistently. Yeah. But I have read a few issues. And, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. But it's just not what I want out of Spider-Man. It's not any kind of way to really progress the story. All it is is a look back. Hey, look. These are all the characters that we've created and versions of Spider-Man over the years. I don't feel like it's truly moving forward in See, I, I, I feel like I feel like Spider-Man I want Spider-Man to be like Superman in the sense that his uniqueness is part of what makes him special when you have a bunch of other super powered Superman analogs running around it takes away from the character but it's not but they're not the analogs they're from different universes they're still spider people yeah. with similar powers to Peter Parker Spider-Man should be the Spider-Man the only guy the only character like that. That's part well, of what makes Peter Venom. Parker special. And Venom is an actually really good addition to the Spider-Man universe. And well, he's yeah, like the there's, evil version. there's exceptions. I'm never going to say Supergirl shouldn't exist because I think she's different enough from Superman. So what are you saying? But Who shouldn't exist? All of these Spider-Man analogs and all like people like Super the Superman analogs like Ulysses. And but I think that's different the because Scott Snyder guy. The, those are villains. That's a little bit different, and I don't think that this is a permanent thing. And Venom, I think is, this is for one arc. I agree. Yeah. I think it is one and arc. And Venom is super different because Venom's like Venom's an alien suit. True, but here's the thing: in they, they did the Superior Spider-Man for two years, whatever mm -hmm. it was. Then they followed it up with. Very little real Spider-Man storytelling. Right. And then, boom, right into the Spider-Verse stuff. And it's like, are we really incapable of coming up with an actual real story with Spider-Man? Or do we have to rely on these, like, like universe-bending, reality-warping kind of storylines? Because if that's the case, I couldn't be less interested. Someone has to have a good story about just Peter Parker as Spider-Man busting crime in New York City. You would think, but he, what's the common denominator here for uh, Superior Spider-Man and Spider-Verse? Dan Slott. Exactly. Dan Slott, my New Year's resolution is for you to not write Spider-Man anymore. I don't think that's ever going to... Now, and this is the best that he's ever done, I think. This is the most cohesive, enjoyable story that I... And I've given Dan Slott multiple chances. Give... Give Dan Slott's Spider-Verse a rating. 
a rating. I would say that I give it a six. It's it's, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. I'm still enjoying this it. This is right, Spider-Man. I, 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 and, I did, and, I, and I didn't say that this was the best thing. That it actually. <laughs> well, you did. You said it was the best thing that he's done. The, and relatively, the best. It's not it the best. Sucks. It's the best. But it's not everything the best else has sucked worse. It's not the best Spider-Man story. But yeah, it is the best thing that Dan Slott has done, besides Ren and Stimpy. Relati- back in the early right. Nine. But relatively <laughs> compared to his other Spider-Man stuff, it just sucks least. It's not like it's really good. It's it's, it's enjoyable. It's it's it's. It's enjoyable and better than six some is of the. Mildly enjoyable. It, it's mildly enjoyable. That's not good enough. This is Spider Man. Yeah, for real. That, that's Come not, on, that's not good enjoyable. enough for Spider Man. Spider Man is, is a He should write character. himself. But, but this is what we have. And, and you always say that, Matt, but clearly he doesn't write himself. That's because Dan Slott's the one that's writing it. He's not capable of writing this character. He has been given years to get it right. And guess what? He's he never hasn't. gotten it fucking right. Go and work on Ren and Stimpy uh, resurrected. Clearly he's getting something right because he's still on the book. Well, and that's the crazy thing. The book is selling well. And I want to know, what are the people enjoying out of this? Like, have they never actually read good Spider-Man and they just don't know? People love that superior Spider-Man stuff. And it it was enjoyable if you take out the fact that if you remove the fact that it's supposed to be Spider-Man, if this was any other character, yeah, this is really good. But this is supposed to be Peter Parker, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, not some fucking megalomaniacs, you know, villain. It was a book about a villain. If Spider-Man cannot be written in a in a meaningful or interesting way, if the only thing we can do for this character is gimmick after gimmick, Kill him off, and I'm not fucking kidding. Well, that's Kill insane. Kill him off. Don't no, it's not insane. Kill how, the character off. How about let's get another writer? Well, that's fine, but clearly they think that gimmicks are just the just okay to do that. Are we the are we just the loud minority that doesn't really enjoy any of Dan Slott's work? It seems like it sells. Other people seem to enjoy it. Yeah, but Straczynski stuff sold too. Spider-Man is gonna sell, but I bet you if um, I don't know if um, Zeb Wells, Grant Morrison, Zeb Wells. Ironically, this Spider-Verse stuff is taking the Grant Morrison tact of everything counts mm-hmm. and all of the Spider-Man, the weird Japanese Spider-Man point. from the '60s is in this. The, uh, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. He controls a robot and has this, like, it, it's like a Power Rangers wristwatch. There's a lot of weird stuff, but everything counts in let's this Spider-Verse. Put it and I think way. that's kind of interesting. Let's put it this way. If Brian Michael Bendis, writer of Ultimate Spider-Man, also writes every, you know, all 32 Avengers titles, if he writes <laughs> Spider-Man, it sells better than it does right now with um, Dan Slott writing it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. If I had my pick... Zeb Wells, the writer of Avenging Spider-Man. I don't know if that book still exists. It doesn't. But he was he was great. He wrote. It maybe, was pretty good. It wasn't great. I thought it was great. I like that book. What would you give it? A six point five. Seven. Would did you like the Zeb Wells book better than the current Dan Slott stuff? I did, and the Zeb Wells well, give one. Them, give them, what, what, give what, them a number wait, grade. Wait, wait, wait. The, the Zeb Wells one, I will say this too, was handcuffed by the fact that you had to team him up with it. That's Avengers. not a handcuff. That's that's 
It's, it's a fun. It's a, it's a fun quirk to a Wait, book. What was that handcuffed by? You had to team Spider-Man up every. It's issue. like the Brave and the Bold. Is that handcuffing let, Batman? Let Matt tell me what's handcuffing it. Ian, what it is is it's. I know what it is, Matt. <laughs> I don't know. Someone tell me. What what? Here's how it's it's handcuffing the writer. They are forcing. Uh, Zeb Wells to team Spider-Man up with a member from the Avengers so, every single uh, issue. Oh, Avenging Spider-Man is a team-up book. It's Correct. Brave like, and the Bold with The Spider-Man. Brave and the Bold. Okay. Is that a said. handcuffed maneuver? Did writers have problems with that for years and years and years? It, I don't think it's a handcuffed maneuver. It most certainly is. You are applying a stipulation to like the rules like you're creating a rule but that's what that that's to... what that book's made for they made that book to be the spider-man team-up book I it's not like they, that they put him on amazing spider-man and said okay but he needs to team up with someone every issue uh, right like, this is the point i don't of that think book. it's a detriment to to writing a story either but matt you oh. you feel the team-up is the gimmick that made that book kind of good no, actually, I think it was good in spite of that. So he could still write a good Amazing Spider-Man story. Yes. I th- as a matter of fact, I think he would do better on Amazing Spider-Man because he wouldn't have to follow that rule. He could do whatever he wants. So you're agreeing with me that that's who should write Amazing Spider-Man. I'm not agreeing that's who should. <laughs> yes, you are. Because I don't feel like the Avenging Spider-Man was great. I mean, maybe compared to Dan Slott's garbage. So, maybe, what's, what's maybe a Avenging great, is what's a, a great give the a seven. Give the readers out there a great Spider-Man arc that everyone should go out and pick up I would say Michael tonight. J. Straczynski's initial run on J. Amazing. J. Michael Straczynski? Michael J. Straczynski's Is that what I said? Yes. J. Michael? J. J. Michael Straczynski. Well, I think that was the way with his birth, and then they just switched it. Michael J. Fox Straczynski. Michael J. Yeah. Drawing Spider-Man. Oh, you fucking... (laughs) So, if if you guys want a really good Spider-Man story, get the initial Michael J. Straczynski. No. J. Michael Straczynski. (laughs) It's J. Michael? Yes. J.M.S. You're right. You know what? I think you're right. (laughs) I think you're right. Is that pretentious first initial? Okay. J. Michael Straczynski's uh, Amazing Spider-Man run. I What was it? Number 32 or something? I don't know. I got the trades. Yeah, I got the trades too. (laughs) Um, and I forget what was the first storyline called, but it was the one where they introduced Moreland and Ezekiel, and you learn kind of about the history of the the spider and the spider Mor- totem, the spider totem, and then you had uh, Moreland, who was a great new villain, um, who happens to be featured in the Spider Verse. True, and that's one of the things that I quite like about the Spider Verse. But again, all SWAT is doing is like taking. All this crazy existing shit and trying to piece it Isn't together. Isn't that what every puzzle. writer does? No, it's, it's not, not what every writer does. What I think good writers do is they try to add to the mythos, try to do something new rather than like see everything that's been done and then retell it in a new way. Spider-Man Volume 2, issues 30 to 35. Thir- I was close. I said the 30. trade is called Coming Home. Coming Home. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Um... It, and it has art by um, John Romita Jr. J- that's right. Michael John J. Romita Jr. 
<laughs> Ramita Junior Michael. What's the J stand for? John. John. John Michael Straczynski. But your call on that Spider-Man book, you won't get any argument out of me. That might be my favorite Spider-Man story of all time, so. It's pretty good. Matt, I agree with you. Thank you. You should agree with me on everything that I've said up to this point, because it's all been accurate and correct. Okay. Come on, let's be real. I don't think you're incredibly wrong tonight. Thank you. I don't think incredibly. Dan Slott's, okay, bottom line. Dan Slott's Spider-Man, giving it a six is stupid. It is not a six. <laughs> that was a that was a verbal slap in the mouth. Uh, oh no! I would I would say the Zeb Wells stuff was a six. The I, I Spider Man. I disagree, but the, you're you're welcome to your opinion. So Matt, you say Zeb Wells is a six. Mm -hmm. So what does Dan Slott get? A four. Mm -hmm. And what does JMS get? I, the Coming Home story. Yeah. That's probably a ten. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's pretty good. You're not it's gonna get it. I love that book. I would recommend that to anybody that wants a great Spider-Man story. But we are in the minority for this because but Dan Slott's been on yeah, because Dan Slott's been on Spider-Man books for years now. For but there's, we're talking about no, by the way, by the way, back up. I'm not saying that Dan Slott is a good writer. I don't like most of his work. I said this was enjoyable. I'm enjoying Relatively. it. Relatively, yeah. It's it's right. the most mildly it, enjoyable. Which which is a comment on the on the state of that mainstream a, comic book culture. But that it's, is an unacceptable state of mainstream. Don't comic. yell at me. Yell at Marvel. Yell but at it, DC, yeah, man. I mean, you're getting wrong. You're getting mad. You're getting wrong at the mad people. <laughs> There's enough people out there that love this book that Dan Slott's that he, like he's been on it forever. I know. I'm not fighting for him. So I like, agree. Are, I hate him. We are in the minority that do not like what he's doing on these books. Yes. So Matt, your mar your resolution to Marvel Comics for this year is to get to Dan kill Slott off these books. No, that wasn't his resolution. No, it was it to kill Spider Man. If they can't do anything interesting, kill Spider-Man. I think we're I think we're crossing wires here. <laughs> That's what he said. I, I did say that. That's well, your resolution, no, kill no, Spider-Man? No, 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 no. I, I was making a point. If this is all they can do is gimmick after gimmick after gimmick with this character, and this shit goes back to Kusada's insane um, like hatred of Mary Jane and, and undoing literally... 25 or 30 years of continuity on his whim, on his personal preference. The magic divorce. Um, Satanic divorce. If, if that is the best we can do with this character that deserves better, I would rather put him out of his misery than see yet another stupid fucking gimmick come. And, and what in the world are they going to do next with this character? Like, what, what other crap could they possibly come up with? Like, I will give him credit. It's got to be hard to come up with this many bad ideas. I well, you know, I, I feel like you get to the point where you have to take a character back to its roots. Like Spider-Man has done enough crazy stuff over the big three temple stories that Dan Slott's had that eventually, sometime soon, I would think they need to bring it back to just Peter Parker being Spider-Man. And that's some it? of the charming things that happened 
in that JMS run was that he got back to basics. He got back to having the dual life with being a school teacher and balancing his his identity. I thought that that's what they were going to do whenever they reinstalled Peter Parker as Spider-Man earlier this year. The story is called Coming Home. You put Peter Parker back in school. Now he's a teacher. It's... It's he's like great. too overblown now. He's like the CEO of some company or something. Of Parker Industries. Yeah, right. Because when Doc Ock took over his body, he was like, well, fuck, this kid's a genius, I'm a genius, and he's fucking living in squalor from paycheck to paycheck. I'm going to build his own company up. But that's so not who the character is. What they should have instantly done after Peter Parker returned to his body was take all of that shit away from him. Figure out a way that Dr. Octopus and all his ill-gotten gains built this company up. Take it all away from him and put Peter Parker back at his street-level beginnings. Much like the Green Lantern franchise. Great segue. Because they've done enough big crazy shit now where it's time to bring him home. Bring Hal Jordan home. Literally and figuratively, bring him back to Earth. And they did this last issue. The big Godhead arc is over, where they have all the different light cores fighting the new gods. That all comes to an end, and this uh, this issue was essentially an epilogue. I figured, you know what? I've been out for three months. I'll pick this one up. Billy Tan's horrible artwork is not in it. I'm gonna give it a go. I loved your panel of the week today Come when on, you were son. nitpicking that ring that is not nitpicking okay what's green lantern's power it's his ring right and you, yeah, could... you don't forget to draw the ring you don't forget to draw the ring that's like forgetting the fucking s shield on superman you don't forget to draw the ring i need to see this there was uh mcsauce.com to join the conversation. Thank you for letting me know where to go. <laughs> it looked like the power, the energy was oh. streaming out. Well, I, I, the way I understand how comic creation works it's is a nice that, drawing. Yeah, and, and the entire issue by um, Artem Wayeo, I believe his name is. It's a really well drawn issue from start to finish, but. That's a glaring fucking mistake. In a huge full page splash Yikes. where yeah, you forget yeah. the fucking ring. That's his shtick. It's the ring and he forgets it. And nor the way I feel comics are created, I think like if the co- if that gets to the colorist, a flag should go up and the colorist should put that in. Someone should have added that. So like this went through all sorts of editorial and no one bothered to put that ring in. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's a pretty big mistake, considering who the character is. You know, if you forget to put Superman's collar on at some point, you know? If you don't draw the bat knuckles on the new bat suit, fine. But you don't forget Hal Jordan's you fucking ring. Nope. But I bought this issue, and it was a really good issue. He doesn't power up in it. He's green. He's in the outfit the first page and a half. He goes to Earth, he depowers, the Guardians send him home. They're like, you know what, you did some good shit, but you fucked up some, some shit too. Go take some R&R, just get out of here for a little bit. So Hal Jordan goes home, and he goes home, he just wants to go to his old local bar, 
have some brews, and get fucking shit-faced by you himself would, and wallow in his own misery. You would love a comic about just that. Like, that's what a comic series, like, like a series <laughs> about that. That's what you want. Like, in the background, there's, like, powers and superhero fights and things like that. But the main, the heart of the story is misery and bar hopping. That's essentially what this issue was. Hal wants to go home and just get fucking tanked at his old local bar by himself. He just wants to just fucking get blitzed and, you know, do his own thing. Guy Gardner shows up and he wants to play pool and hang out. Barry Allen shows up and he wants to be best buds and Hal rips them a new one at the end. And Quit then, being my friends. I'm a curmudgeon fucking asshole. And then Carol Ferris, his longtime on-again, off-again love shows up and she's like, yeah, we had a good thing, but you kind of screwed it up. up. Now I'm with Kyle Rayner. Oh, is she really? Uh, Green Lantern. Oh, so oh we hate Kyle. And I've never hated Kyle Rayner so much in my life. <laughs> As I do with this storyline, but this is the kind of stuff I love. Like this, this is this, really this is what I want more of, because it's it's emotional about who this character is as a person, not as the Green Lantern. And this is this story, this issue is what's been missing from this character since Jeff Johns left the book, and I don't expect it to continue. If it does, I'll do a 180 on my opinion of Robert Venditti because he wrote the shit out of this issue. Hooked it up, and it may, it, leads, it makes me believe he's got more of this in him. So my resolution to Robert Venditti is keep Hal Jordan on Earth, keep him at home, make let him handle some personal shit, some internal shit on his own, do some Green Lanterning on Earth, have to deal with Guy Gardner, who's the Red Lantern police of Sector Two Eight One Four at this point. Yeah, but you know. Bring him I home. said, yeah, like I make knew. those make those stories smaller. Well, because he looked at us for confirmation, we're like, we're not psychopaths. We have no idea <laughs> what sector wait, wait, wait. Guy Gardner polices. I have no but idea. Like, but like Spider-Man, it's been so big. Bring him home. That's what they did with Green Lantern. This issue, it was really good. That's what I want to see continue from here here on out. Right. And it might because Jeff Johns already said Hal Jordan's coming back to Justice League. Which means he should be on Earth for an extended period of time. Right. Ian, you're up. Do you have any resolutions for yourself? For general comicdom? I thought um, I was going to do th some things and you told me that I, I wasn't allowed to because I already trimmed the fat off of my comic book. Well, you already, you already did. You have to pick something else. Okay, I already did that. Why are you, th why are you thinking of that? You're a fucking comic book hatchet man. You don't like two pages into a book and you're like, I'm done! I'm out of here! <laughs> so you can't call that a resolution. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, another thing that I was going to say, but less, I think I'll... Less beers? Uh, perhaps? Well, that's not a comic thing. That's a life thing. I, I don't <laughs> think I can... Life things count. I don't think that I can do that. Yeah, I'd like to lose some weight. That would be cool. Wouldn't we all? Uh, yeah. Are yeah. you going to do it by having less beer? Oh, no. I'm going <laughs> to no. figure out a way around that, Matt. Don't be silly. Okay. Less pizza. Uh, maybe. Maybe less pizza. Supplant those pizza calories with beer calories. Ooh. Get my, drink my calories right there. I've been doing this for the past year, checking out more independent comic books, more... Um, Things that aren't your mainstream, aren't your Marvel or your DC. I'd like to do more of that. Explore 
more yeah. into the, those, the wilds of comic. I look at those sauces suggestions every <laughs> Thursday morning, and you're like barf every and I'm time. Like, what the fuck is this? Except when you reviewed Shaft number one, in which I was like, fuck yes, I'm in. It was really 100% all in. Shaft was really good. I mean, it was basically the Punisher, but it was pretty but good. It was. I dug black it. Black Punisher. It was Black Punisher. The artwork was done in like sort of a 60s ish yeah, kind of style. Um, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. I'll probably follow that for a while. Who's putting that out? It is, I believe, it, it's a dynamite book. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. They get a lot of existing uh, properties. I feel there's not a whole lot of originality with that company. This past year, I've, I've really enjoyed <clears throat> more of the image properties that have come out. Uh, I've read more Boom Studio stuff than I could ever imagine that I would read mm -hmm. that. Uh, not necessarily saying that Boom Studio has the greatest stuff. It's generally pretty bad, but it's interesting to take a look at some of the other things, some of the other offerings that are out there. Uh, I've read some independent things, even if they're coming from big names. Um, the, uh, the Private Eye is a book that I've been reading, and... That's that's something that I've been enjoying. It's it's put out uh, independently by as soon as I bring it up. Just want to make sure I have it. Brian K. Vaughn of Saga. We all know oh. him, right? And Marco. I haven't read Saga. And Marcos Martin. Hmm. Marcos Martin. Both like the creators it. of Doctor Strange: The Oath. Yeah. They put out uh, the Private Eye futuristic book oh that was that that digital thing was it landscape format yeah it's all yeah. landscape format <clears throat> people it's wear like masks the whole time to hide their identities yeah, yeah. because there's no internet so high concept high concept extremely enjoyable my little pay, brain can't handle it. pay pay whatever you like you go to their website and you pay whatever you like for this it's, book. it's so for the people. <laughs> it is. So I'm going to try to do more of that. I've been doing that la this past year, and I will continue to explore the frontiers you really, of you comic really have been. If, if I didn't have to grammatically edit those sauces, <laughs> I would just skip them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. It's uh, I really like the fact that you're diving into this oddball stuff. And it's not like... I wouldn't consider Shaft number one oddball stuff, but you're getting into... Out of out of the mainstream, you know, you're getting away from Marvel and DC, and it's nice to get an opinion that I respect oh, on a weekly thank basis you. of some some weird shit. Because I, I feel like you do a great job of covering all the mainstream titles. Slow your roll. We're getting into Golden Globe territory. Oh no! <laughs> he covers the DC titles and Nova. <laughs> Would you like to take the mark? Well, you just swore off mainstream comic books, so. Well, I, you know, there's going to be some exceptions. There's got to be. Um, like, for example, if in 2015 there's a Shazam book that comes out, yeah, I'll get that. There's but Gotham Academy doesn't count as mainstream. You don't think so? I'm asking. I'm still. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it does. I, look, I'm not saying if it's Marvel or DC, I will not buy it, but I'm going to be much more discerning when it comes to these fucking companies. Like, no more Spider Man. No more Batman. Uh, well, yeah, probably. No, no more Superman. Batman. Superman's been worse than either of those two. Yeah, but Matt hasn't. When's the last time you bought a Superman book? It's been a while. Now, really? what what are they doing? Probably ninety four, right? Oh, they're they're looking at they're they're looking at potentially bringing back 
the old Superman without the goofy collar. With maybe. convergence, we don't right. know. It'll be interesting to see who comes out of right. that that brawl. That might be worth exploring. I don't know. The same thing's going to happen with Marvel, though, too. Are you going to give Marvel the same chance, or are you are you done? Have you burned that bridge? What What's Marvel going to try to Secret fix? Wars. It's almost the same thing. Oh, Marvel's... I guarantee Marvel's pulling a new 52 at the end of Secret Wars. What? Guarantee it. The, I'm sure what happened was DC launched the new 52, and all of a sudden Marvel was number two for a couple months. And they were like, fuck, can you imagine what would happen if we did this? We would blow numbers through the roof. We might bankrupt so, that other company. Yeah, I bet this is their chance. They're going to use Secret Wars to reset everything. And just dominate comic sales with Marvel's new 52 after Secret Wars. I think that's ludicrous. I don't think that'll happen. Why don't you think that would happen? Because it's ludicrous. Why is it ludicrous? Because Marvel has said time and again they're not about to re reboot the entire universe. They, they kind of half-assed followed suit with Marvel now and uh, kind of relaunching things at number one, but they were never, they're too cowardly a company to commit to something so, uh, so culture But that's why they're gonna do it this way, using with the blanket of safety of an old tried and true pro product as Secret Wars. No, I, no, that's not, but that's still rebooting I the agree. universe. I agree to a point that Marvel's kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're kings of the hill. We don't need to fuck around with too That's much. exactly my point. But, but you're going to get a time, lot of new books after Secret Wars and a lot of changed landscape, I yeah, think. Yeah, and at the same time, I think, like, this is their chance to be like, yeah, DC, you thought you were hot shit with New 52, but we're going to show you how a company can really take control of shit because Marvel's fucking arrogant and Marvel's up in everything and they just push the promotion and the products and that's not a knock on them i mean no one does no one does promotion like marvel and marvel's pr department is top notch and i think this is a great opportunity for them to be like we're going to dominate we're dominating movies right now and we're going to dominate comics more than we already are they're already dominating comics you're you're saying like what if they decide to change the marvel formula for their films just because they think they can do a better job they're not going to do that but i don't i don't think they're going to break down like they're going to do what dc did dc was like hey new 52 batman and green lantern are really good we're going to leave those the same they're going to look at stuff like mark wade's daredevil we're going to leave that untouched guardians of the galaxy that's going to be fairly untouched but there's a lot up and down about spider-man we just canceled fantastic four x-men's kind of in disarray and they're going to use secret wars to get to just drive everything into brand new marvel i don't think that sounds so crazy yeah i i think that's what they're doing i really do i agree with paul i think, I think it's gonna be brand new marvel you're gonna get all kinds of issue number ones but you're not gonna get reboots of these things and if you do it's just gonna be temporary what Tem temporary. temporary are you british <laughs> i was gonna say Fun temporarily Joe. but only temporary came out only tem uh, like only te temporary, temporary for marvel's schedule did you see the look on my face as, the, as that word was coming out i was like that's not right um no i liked it 
Go with it. Thank you. <clears throat> I wish I wish we could enunciate the episode title <laughs> to make it temporary. So I think look, I promise you you will have new number ones and yeah, they might feel like reboots, but that shit will only last a little bit until everything else sort of like falls back into status quo. They will never ever 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 try to do anything like the new What's 52? a long-lasting thing that either companies what's what's an example of this company changed this and it lasted for a long time. I would say Spider-Man Brand New Day is the one that I can point to. Uh, and then I would say the new 52 is a is a great example. For it, and even Brand New Day, they can point out and say this was a organic part of a story that we were telling. Mm-hmm. And it's not a reboot. It was just part of the story. Well, that's just not true. Which is what they're going to say that's with spin. Secret Wars. And if you're dumb, you might believe it. Or if you love Marvel so much, you'll believe anything they tell you. If you're a Marvel zombie, like but I am. But if you are truly a discerning consumer that that knows what the fuck's going on, you can see that that is just not true. But you you don't think that they can make those, kinda, those same kind of changes with... A lot of their other books with the Secret Wars, this initiative that they're putting out there that they're going to change things and alter characters and bring different characters from different points of time back into the fold. Using the examples that Paul provided, maybe trying to fix X-Men, restart Fantastic Four. 100% Miles Morales is going to be in the 616. He will. 100%. Totally agreed. Um, but but you you guys are talking company wide. You're talking the entire stable of characters. I do believe you're going to see things like Miles Morales into the main sh- Marvel U. Yeah. Like to say that this is going to be a sweeping change across the board, like a few titles notwithstanding, like Guardians or Daredevil. I just think that's foolish. Marvel does not have the guts to pull something like that off. Well, it's, I, I think. It's similar to the New 52. I mean, there were books that were unchanged. You're saying it's not going to be like the New 52 at all, where none of those books are going to be... No, no, no. No, you're going to see like some new shit, but I believe it's just going to be as a result from the Secret War stuff that will probably over time be reverted back to what it was. You're going to have... A ton of new number ones. That is a guarantee because that's what Marvel does. Yeah. But this is and, uh, and Marvel doesn't need a big event to excuse themselves to have new number ones. They can have new number ones. I'm looking at the things that came out this week. Avengers No More number one. What the fuck is that? What is that? I don't even know what the hell that Plenty is. Avengers throw their costumes in a garbage can in an alley and they're out. So Marvel doesn't need. A big event to have an excuse to make new number ones. They can do that shit. Marvel any Marvel any old Wednesday. Num- they've been doing new number ones for months now. They even do number ones when it's not really a number one, uh, when it's just the first part of a new story. It doesn't have to be a, number one to be number one. They put a big fucking number one on it to fool you into thinking it's number one. I don't one. know enough about about the business and sales to know how much that impacts shit. But like, it how must, much does right? that impact? Shit? It must. Right? I think it spikes and things, yeah. but I don't think it's any kind of like. By the time number two comes out, people don't care. 
People are still... Look, number ones are just as big a gimmick as foil fucking covers are. Probably even more so. There's just something magical about a number one. You feel like it's an important thing. Do you? Do well, you feel You don't, but no, speculators but, do. Uh, yeah, well, not and they still speculators. And they still exist. Comic book, but, like, people that feel like, oh my god, this is the first part of a story. There's a great jumping on point for me. But we're, always wanted we're to read. All that, we're all that person at a point. Do you feel that way personally? Matt Cassell. No. Matt Reginald Cassell. No, I do not, but... When you see a book like this, Squirrel Girl number one... Is that a real thing? Gigantic... I will break your iPad. It's a real thing. I don't have it. I don't own this. I'm just saying. Number one, it's big, it's bold. Do you want to buy this? If someone can tell me what the big deal is about Squirrel Girl, we're probably going to have to make a Squirrel Girl button for cons this year. Because people eat that character up. With her, I think her mentor's name was Lady Squirrel, was it? <laughs> it was. Oh, you just made it dirty. It's so dirty. I, I don't get I don't get Squirrel Girl. I think she was like a throwaway late 80s character in a Wolverine story, but people just glommed onto her and now comic fans in, are me, necessitating a Squirrel Girl ongoing. Let me clarify the way I think post-Secret Wars will shake out. It'll be just like when they did Marvel Now. You have new number ones with kind of a little bit of a shift in status quo for the character. And that's going to be it. Okay. That'll be it. This isn't going to be New 52 like, oh my god, this is like brand new stuff. Um, it, it's just not. In your face, Ian. I disagree. I think that there will be new characters... There will be a pretty different landscape to the Marvel Universe after the Secret Wars is done. You believe this is going to be a reboot of the Marvel U? I think there the is going. Way, I think there's going to be a lot of different things. Maybe not as drastic as the New Fifty Two. A reboot there, or no? Yes or no? Yes. Foolish. <laughs> Do we want to put? Sure. No, we don't. On it. No, we don't. In 2015, we don't make bets on podcasts. <laughs> you, you didn't make bets. Wait, no, you did in 2014. <laughs> yeah, I did. How do you forget that? That was like the the highlight of 2014. My if memory we played, is garbage. If we played like the, the greatest hits, the greatest hits from 2014, that bet. Oh was, fuck yes! Oh yeah, it, it really would. Fuck that... yes. The picture I took of the. Money exchange <laughs> is one of my favorite. That the 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 night we were arguing about the purge with Batman masks. Yeah, that's another greatest hit. <laughs> See, now we're getting into we need a visual out. Now we're getting into Golden Globe self congratulatory yeah. horseshit again. 2015, no patting on the back. We're all garbage to each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be mean and nasty and use that to push each other to greater heights. The, Fuck. the comic books I'm interested in this year. Eddie Redmayne, you were so good in that fucking obscure movie. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I'm really interested in Valiant Comics this year. It's Valiant like Publishers of Exo Manowar. That's correct. And Robot Fighter. Uh, Magnus no. Robot Fighter. Magnus Robot Fighter. Bloodshot Torok, the Dinosaur Hunter. Ooh, uh, no, video you, game company. S- slow down, everyone! Ninjack? <laughs> Ninjack always sounded like a, a 90s Shaft character to me. Okay, so... Oh, he was. <laughs> was he? Was he black? No. You too. Learn something. Be quiet. 
You got you got Exo Man War and Bloodshot. Those were right. correct. Magnus Robot Fighter right. and Torok are no longer part of the Valiant universe. Those are but they were. Yes, they were. So they weren't really one hundred percent incorrect. incorrect currently. But Those were if old. we traveled back in time, we would be right. I'm trying to teach you guys something. All right, but Turok and Magnus were part of Valiant at one point, and then they they released those licenses. Yes. Well, those characters were gold key characters from the '60s, I believe. Um, that Valiant in the '90s got the rights to and started producing comic books. Then they started creating their own brand new creations to live alongside those characters, like Exo Manowar, Bloodshot and so on. Then uh, Valiant folded at some point in the early 2000s and then about two or three years ago was resurrected but they didn't retain any of the gold key characters like Solar, Magnus, and I thought Turok. you were reading Magnus and Solar in the last couple years. I was because Dynamite got the rights um. to those so Dynamite produces those and those are pretty good too. Um, particularly Magnus. I've really enjoyed that. But I think overall the Valiant stuff is is a bit better. And now Jeff Lemire seems to be kind of the, the brainchild of Valiant stuff, really yeah. pushing forward with everything. Don't get excited. And it's a it's a pretty Ian. it's been pretty good. He's there's a big Why crossover that's called um Oh shit, I forget the name of it. Because we've seen good Jeff Lemire and bad Jeff Lemire. So far, this seems pretty good. And I re I'm excited to see where it goes. It feels like a very cohesive and tight universe because it's not too big. It feels like if you're a little bit more of a casual comic book fan, you can kind of keep, keep tabs on what's what and who's who and where everything's going. So I'm pretty excited about that. The other thing I'm excited about this year is um, Image Comics just had uh, the Image Expo. Have you guys heard about this? I've heard of the Image Expo. It was like a big image convention that they had, um, I don't know, last week. I think Jim Lee should be allowed to go to the Image Expo. Should he? Yeah. Do you think that he wants to? He's yeah, I'm sure that people going to the Image Expo are going to have boners for Wildcats and the stuff that he's done. Like, all image, those dudes dude. should be able to go. Wildcats is an image. Yeah, an image isn't about the the stuff in the 90s, yeah, the but nostalgic stuff anymore. Like, and it hasn't been for years. It's, image it's forward should be, thinking. Image, image Expo should be a celebration of the entirety of Image Comics. Because you're, you don't have all the cool stuff Image does, does today without some of the licenses maybe they lost when they started to build that company. Like, Wildcats and all that horse shit should be celebrated just as much as The Walking Dead now. Am I wrong? Am I the only one that thinks that? It should be celebrated, but it doesn't really have a place in the current image universe. It just doesn't. Like, you can have some... a booth with retro image stuff. Right, but you're gonna... But but why why do you want Jim Lee to be able to go there? I mean, I don't think he gives a so shit. So you're gonna go to a New England Patriots game and no one should wear the shitty straight-up blue and red and white uniforms with the 
old logo because that's old and that doesn't matter anymore. No, no, now no. Now we no. just use the Tom it's Brady head. It's certainly part of it's certainly part of the company. It's, but I'm yeah, not sure why you want that player to come out there and play in place of Tom Brady. Because if you're an image fan, if you're an image guy, like hardcore image guy, you know who the image guys are. You're gonna want to see Jim Lee. But you're gonna want to see. But also some of the reasons. Todd McFarlane's still, still involved still, in Image, right? Yes, Correct. he still is. Who else isn't involved in Image? Who else it? Is? It's on, only Jim Lee's gone. Rob Liefeld isn't an Image person anymore. Yeah, he's, he? in, he's in is and he? out. I thought he. I mean, been does in he make? Does he create things? Um, he's still at least up until what a year or so ago is still writing the occasional Youngblood issue. But Image isn't really about looking back in the past and holding on to that. That's not what the Image Expo is about. It's about all the new and exciting things. Sure, you can let Jim Lee there. I don't think they're barring him at the door. Is that what you're saying? They're saying, no Jim Lee. And they have a poster with his face. Do you see this guy? No, I, I, I think Look. what it is is Jim Lee's DC contract and obligations probably forbid him from doing that kind of thing. But... Like, if I was an image guy from the ground up following that company the whole way through up until now, like, I want I want all of it. I want to see the retired players. I want to see Bart Starr. This goes into your weird sports analogy of comic books and why you gang DC up against do, Marvel no, all you, the time. You do that. No, I you don't do that. No, you do that. No, you No, do I that don't. To me. Because you actually do that, and I point it out. So, you wouldn't find it cool at all to see the original Image guys all together it would be in fine. a panel this year. It would be fine. That would be great. It would just be okay, like Dan Slut Spider-Man. It, it, it would be great. I would love it. Matt, but that's not what the Image Expo is about. Give me, give me another... Another iteration of, of this. Tell me what you're thinking. What I'm thinking is you made the sports analogy like um, you can't wear an old Patriots jersey to a Patriots game because that's all old. But I think you're kind of not really fairly comparing it if you're going to make the sports analogy. Here's the real sports analogy. Um, that would be like, uh, well, I'll use the, the Steelers as an example because we – are based here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That would be like... Home of the champions. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of a, of a Steeler that has... That was liked, but left and played for another team. Do you, Rod do you Woodson. Wanna, do you wanna, it would be like Rod Woodson going to the 49ers or Oakland or who the hell did the he go to? The Baltimore Ravens oh. and winning a Super Went to Bowl. the Baltimore Ravens. He won, He was on that team when Trent, the Trent Dilfer team? Yes, he was. Wow. He was with, okay, so Rod Woodson is a Baltimore Raven and then they have a big Steelers rally while Rod Woodson is playing for the other team and then you want to bring him over for the Steelers rally? You can't do that. That's a good analogy. All right. Jim Lee's still active. He's not retired. Still playing. He's, he's still the driving creative force at, at DC Comics. Those Image Comic fans are like, oh, that Jim Lee, we hate him so bad. Boo, Jim Lee. <laughs> they, 
They in don't, your brain. They That's what they're doing. That way. In your brain. In your brain. You do this all the time. No, I don't. I never bring up this is you. Versus. Now, the two cool things for me that came Mom out. Mom and dad are fighting. That came out of the Image Expo. They announced all kinds of new, brand new titles. Revengeance. It's it's off. That sounds nineties. It's the very first fully creator owned, written and drawn by Darwin Cook comic oh, book. I like that. I'm interested. Revengeance is a psychological thriller with darkly humorous overtones. When Joe Malarkey is faced with a criminal tragedy, he sets out to make things right on his own. What follows is Joe's odyssey through the underside of the city in the madness that seems to drive his crazy world. I don't know if that sounds all that great, but just Darwin Cook, creator-owned, writing and drawing it, I'm in. The other thing is... And this what's, is it called, gonna, what's it called? Revengeance? Revengeance. 1990s Revengeance. Um, the other thing was uh, Spawn is going to get a new writer uh, with issue 250, which kind of is not that exciting to me because... Brian Wood was going to be the writer going forward, but I guess he had some creative disputes with McFarlane, believe it or not. The easiest man in comic books to work with, Todd McFarlane. What's, wait, what's this book called? Spawn. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was totally looking up Revenge and stuff. I totally wasn't listening. Totally wasn't listening. So well, who's, who's been writing Spawn? Ah, oh, man. I don't know who the current writer is, actually. Because I um, thought over the last couple of years it's still been plot pretty it? good. It's been okay. What? Does McFarlane still plot the book? <laughs> I Or is, Are on. we listening to each other? I don't know if, if he does or not. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Brian Wood, who I, I love as a writer, he's written a lot of stuff that I've really enjoyed. He's out. Paul Jenkins is going to come in and write it. Now, Paul Jenkins, I feel, has always been kind of a good writer. Not great. Good. What has Paul Jenkins... He's got a resume. ...wrote that you enjoyed, Matt? I'll look that up while uh, Matt's talking about the book. You're going to look up what I've enjoyed? That's weird. I'm looking up Paul that, Jenkins. That's an internet search. <laughs> Matt Cassell's brain, comma. <laughs> Paul Jenkins has written Ninja Turtles, Hellblazer... Spider-Man. Technophage, Batman, Legends of the Dark Knight, Inhumans. DC Comics. Um, what he's doing is like, any of these things? Any, any of these? Do you like any of these? Spawn, Do you like any? from 99 to 2000. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Sentry. He, he wrote Spawn spinoffs. He was never on the actual title. Um, he, he's been okay. He's, he's an okay writer. I'm hoping... He's wrote a little that, bit of everything. ...that he'll knock this out of the park they're bringing back al simmons the original spawn who hasn't been around since issue like 185 who's the current spawn um oh crap what is his name um doesn't matter he's white it's bullshit he is white ah. with blonde hair <laughs> super in the face but don't worry ian al simmons coming back issue 250 right. uh, and then there's another mcfarland productions uh, comic book that's going to be coming out called um, is it Savior? Yeah, it is called Savior. Um, it's uh, a man appears with no background, no memory, and no place to call home. But but this much is clear: this individual possesses certain powers, abilities that hearken from the Old Testament. Could he possibly be the corrupted world's savior in the flesh? 
or will he be the world's undoing? Um, it's uh, written by Todd McFarlane, actually. Um, and uh, then you got artist Clayton Crane of uh, X-Force. But um, McFarlane isn't, like, doesn't write a whole lot. I feel like the last thing that he wrote regularly may have been Haunt. Could be. Or was that Kirkman that was writing it? No, it was Kirkman. You know, was, Todd was McFarlane, McFarlane inked it. Oh, he did. Did he plot any of that? I don't or think so. Was I think it his he, original I think idea? He inked the first. He so did the covers. Issues. I remember that. And he, and he did. I think he inked the covers as well. But I don't think he was ever the penciler on any part of it. Clayton Crane draws some cool shit. Yeah, he was a, a ghost writer. He did. Um, I think it was Ghost Rider Trail of Tears, which was um, a tale about the. Old West Ghost Rider, which was kind of cool. I think he did Carnage books, like Carnage USA. This Popeye is fucking awesome. And he did Popeye's famous for his Popeye illustrations. It's pretty hardcore. So anyway, those are some of the cool things I'm looking forward to in comic books out of 2015. Um, and maybe that should have been saved for the last episode. But um, looks like Brian Wood is but, writing a image book called Starve. Okay, cool. So. Well, I have to check that out too. But oh, um, yeah, yeah. There's just nothing mainstream that's just really grabbing me and making me say, "Yeah, you gotta buy this." I feel bad because I'm the only mainstream guy at the table. Mainstream comics, to me, honestly, overall, are kind of at an all-time low. Since I've been buying comic books since 1991, I've been getting less and less. Um, wrapped up in ma mainstream stuff this past year. There really hasn't been anything that that I've really that I could give higher than a six. <laughs> really? No, I'm just no mainstream kidding. book that you're really into this year, this past year. I've been falling off with Ghost pretty Rider much fun. with with almost everything. Ghost Rider was fun for a little fun, bit, but then but really good, like something you're really into. Mainstream book that you've really been into. I mean, like if if you consider The Walking Dead, is is this is that a mainstream book? You're really into that. I haven't gotten the last novel, so I mean, novel, not really. Trade, gra graphic novel, is that oh, graphic, okay? So Can we say it's graphic just novel, novel for short now. I mean, I think we all understood what I was talking about. No, I, I honestly thought you read it via there graphic are, novels. There are, I know, novels. I, and I own one of those. So yes, graphic novel. Graphic novel. Are we, are we cool? I was gonna be like, dude, you should right. totally read the comic books. I think you'll get a better like overall. Sense, sense of, of what the story. it is, yeah, and pictures too, right? Just sticking too, with the right? rise of the governor is probably not sufficient. I do have that. I read some I of that. Good. I heard that trilogy is very good. Didn't get all the way through, but no, man, there really hasn't been anything that I could really hang my hat on at the drop of a dime. You know, just thinking about it, what what was the best mainstream book that I read last year? I can't really think of it. If I went through the books that I read. And really gave it some thought. I could probably come up with something, but off the top of my head, do you think really that's anything. a product of your age and how many comics you've read, and just tapping out? Because we've talked about guys at different comic shop employees where you go in and you want to talk shop with them, and they're just like, "Fuck it, I don't give a shit about comics." Yeah, but I don't. Do you think feel it, that way about comic books? I still care about them. I'm still excited. There are still things that. That I, don't mean, I wait I don't, on every single month. I don't mean the total disillusion of 
enjoying comics because if you're fucking working at a comic shop, you clearly still like comic books to some extent. But is it is it a product of starting comics so early that now you're kind of tapping out? Now you need other stuff. You've seen everything you could see in superhero comics, and now you need weird shit like I don't even know what you reviewed before Shaft. I still stuff like mask people in the future from Jeff Lemire. I still think that. There are mainstream comic books out there that I could get excited about. I'm still going to buy them, but just not at the rate that I was buying them in years past. I find more enjoyment in some of the other stuff, some of the image stuff. It's not that they're bad because they're mainstream. Like they're I just not that good right now, but they can rebound. They and, can get good again. And it's not like I dislike these characters. I love those characters. I exactly. love the Marvel characters. I love the DC characters. Just give me some stories that I want to hang on to and follow. Like what the New 52 did. What I'm hoping Secret Wars will do. I really hope you're right, by the way, on that. I, I think there's no way, but it, it's wishful thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm just an optimist, Matt. I just like... I like to look at the rosy exterior of things. Ugh. Gross. But yeah, man. I, I I hope it gets. I hope things get better. I think. I hope things change. I hope things are fresh and new and exciting. And that's what I want. And that's what I've been getting from other places. Matt, do you agree? Do you agree with that? Are you in that camp? Mm, yeah, I would say so. You're still into still on mainstream stuff. They just need to be good. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not ready to abandon. Wait, didn't you just say that was your resolution? You're abandoning. Abandon like a lot of these characters for the rest of my life. But right Just for now, this year. well, no, for right now, whatever right now is, I don't measure my entire world in in three hundred and sixty-five day chunks. Only a sip. <laughs> Thanks, an absolute. But you don't think you're you don't think you've seen so much that anything anyone writes now is going to be. I yeah, think that's silly to think before. that. At the ages that we are at right now. I've seen it all. They're never going to write another comic book story with Spider-Man that's any good. That's silly to say. They will. I don't... They might I'm even not, do it this year. They're just not doing doubtful. it. I'm not saying that they won't write anything good, but like at this point, like we've all read so many comic books, so many different stories. Do you feel that at way? At some point, like we're just going to start retreading the same material, right? Do you feel no. that they're almost out of material and I didn't you've start, seen it all? I didn't start reading to, till 2001. Okay. I've got a whole world laid ahead of me of new shit I haven't seen but before. But you, you love the fact that you, you take in a lot of materials. You, taught, you take a lot of comic books. You read a lot of novels as well as graphic novels and watch a lot of television. So you're well-versed in storytelling. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the... I'm, I'm almost at the point with Superman where I'm like, you know what, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the end. Maybe they can't. They're just not going to do it. I think you have to always have faith that somebody maybe else... Superman for all seasons is is the end. Somebody else is going to come around with a new story. perspective, a fresh perspective. There's always going to be a new creator with that energy, excitement, and vision that's going to bring something new that we've never seen before. They're always out there. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not swearing off mainstream comics mainstream comics are my bread and butter aquaman this past year is so good 
so good. They're setting up such a rich mythology, such a heavy lore to this character. It's been amazing. But and at the same time, I love Nailbiter. I love Saga. Uh, Mouse Guard, whenever David Peterson gets around to writing it, has been real good. I'm all over the board. But like I, I still love my Green Lantern, Aquaman, some soups. But it's been bad. A couple Batman books, you know, Detective and Peter Tomasi's Batman and Robin. Good stuff. It. I want to love the mainstream superhero books. I really do. I want them to be my favorite things. They so, were... well, what what would be your resolution resolution for superhero books to get you interested again? I think getting back to basics on most of them would probably be the the right move um i i think we can get back to basics without telling the same stories much like michael j michael straczynski did <laughs> i just want to say michael straczynski can i just get rid just of change it just change it just change it him much like what he did on coming home gets back to basics but yet i don't feel like i'm reading you know 1968 stan lee spider-man I think that a lot of companies, well, two companies, a lot of creators can learn from that. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier Brian Michael Bendis writing Spider-Man. I'm not the biggest Brian Michael Bendis fan. He kind of has worn thin on me over the years, and I feel like he's very egotistical and full of himself, and I just kind of get turned off when I see his writing because I know it's him anymore. But with that said... Spider-Man would probably benefit by having somebody like him writing it for a while. All the stuff with all the stuff over the last decade from Marvel with the architects. Mm -hmm. It was just so pompous. Yeah, it was. It's and very, it was very it was such a very golden globes of them to say we're the ones that are writing all the stories here. Yeah, it was just it was just such a turnoff, and you know, whether he meant to be or not, Bendis was the centerpiece. In that crown of art. Yes, he was. And, and he yeah. kind of still is. Yeah, and so like seeing like him and Fraction and Slot and Casada, I'm always like, eh. So when I see a guy like Jerry Dugan, who writes Nova, who wasn't around for that stuff, I'm like, alright, this is some, some new shit going on. A guy like Zeb Wells, who doesn't get mentioned in all those architect comments. Like, I'm more willing to give those guys a try mm -hmm. than you know, seeing Matt Fraction on the book. Do you think that Marvel and DC should go with new, fresh talent? Maybe some some slightly unproven yes, artists I do. and new writers and, and shake it up? Are I... the key words to what you just said? Because if if Marvel's anything, they're anything but if not stale right now. They are like desperately in need of some kind of uh, life kind of um, j I don't know I feel like all they all they do are big crossover events and gimmicks to try to like garner sales there's very little ongoing storylines through anything where you know that, that people are talking about like oh my god did you like did you read this arc with well, um Daredevil's kind of in that 
conversation now. And so is, right. so is right Fractions Hawkeye for a little bit. I would agree with that. But I'm saying the company at large, the big picture stuff, it's all driven by the gimmicks and events. Well, that's that's my big resolution for both Marvel and DC this year is do your big shit in the spring, do Convergence and Secret Wars, and then after that, let writers and artists create. That would be awesome. For just two years. No big crossovers. That would be nice. No little crossovers. Don't just... Just let oh, the book be the book. we're just doing all the Superman books. We're just doing the Green Lantern books. No. Just let each book be its own book. That's and just of... let it run. Let the artists create their world, build a universe on their own. And that's what that's what these legendary runs are always made of. And that's exactly. What, that's what all of us longtime comic book fans want to see. We want to see an uninterrupted story of our favorite heroes doing stuff by themselves. That's why they're our favorite heroes. It's not because how well they can team up with somebody. or. And when they did team up, it felt so fucking special. Like, it was such an exciting thing. And now it's just like you roll your eyes at another crossover. But let the main book be the the vehicle to drive the story and the narrative of that character exactly. to a new and fresh and different place. That's what my resolution for these companies. New, fresh, different things. Yeah, and I totally agree. Even, like, the new 52, when it started, that's why it was so exciting. Because it wasn't crossovers yet. It was just the titles being their own thing and... And, and each book was allowed to kind of evolve itself, in, at least for the first year or so, until they started doing like any kind of crossovers. And it's been it's been one of the reasons Batman and Robin and Aquaman have been so good yeah. is because aside from the Atlantis War story that they did early on, crossing over with Justice League, Aquaman and Batman and Robin have been able. They've been left to their own devices. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Parker with Aquaman and Pete Tomasi on Batman and Robin. They've been left to do their own thing, and those have been two of the most enjoyable books because they haven't, they haven't had the weight of the rest of the line dragging them down. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I think we covered some pretty decent resolutions this oh. evening for ourselves. For some larger comic book companies. We threw a couple out to some of our favorite podcasts and web <laughs> comics as well. Tom Lynch in particular. Folks, go to go to thecathoalwaysdies.com and 30, 30 Extra, extra lives. lives. It's been so long since there was a new strip, I could barely remember the title. Looking at you, Tom Lynch. Great guy. Funny guy. We support him. We would like you to support him too. Tons of podcasts out there like The Pig Room, The Guest Room, That Old Comic Smell, The Fireside Chat. More than you can chew. Tons of podcasts to listen to. There's a whole world of entertainment open to everyone in 2015. Reach out! Milk that cow! Suckle those teats! But if it comes down to like listening to one of theirs or the McSauce comic Totally podcast, fuck those other people that we just said listen to us. Exactly. Yeah, we're totally number one. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.
It's too late. <laughs> it's the bumper, motherfucker. <laughs> Stop.